We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, good morning and happy Saturday. It's the Bob Rose Rewind with a brand new fresh edition. Ooh, that smells good. It's like baking bread, I tell you. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. We kick things off with Harris Faulkner. You know her as a Fox News host. Also, she is an author, and she has a new book out. It's called Faith Still Moves Mountains. I'm going to ask her all about it right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Faulkner, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, uh, I'm a big fan, so, you know, it's it's weird. It's like, you know, I know you because you're on TV. Yeah, I'm a radio guy. It's kind of funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, love love what you do, and because I do mornings, I, I get to watch this show in the middle of the day. And, and here's my question, and I, I wonder how you deal with these topics that we have to deal with, especially today, whether it's the economy, you know, documents being found, this political uh, hatred that we see, this divide and all that. How do you do that for your job every day? Do it well. How do you cope with what goes along with all that? I love this question because I'm about to answer truthfully and unapologetically. I pray. I had a, simple. I had a feeling. And I have said that my whole career. And ha- people have tried to cancel me. You know, the cancel culture isn't brand new. It just has a name now. But 25 years or so ago, when I started in this business, I would have news management tell me, don't talk about your faith. And I would look across newsrooms and I would say, you know, I can tell you who's cheating on their spouses. Like, there's so much information that we know about people. If all I tell you is that I pray, you should be relieved. I, I would think Silence so. Silence back from them. So I, I say it. I say, I pray. I pray for this nation. I lift up names specifically with stories that I cover. And then I remind people that there is good news, too. And you can be part of the good news. Lean into God so he can lean into you. Our country is struggling right now. It's not the first time in history it has. But it needs us now. It needs those of us who believe to speak boldly, to be bold in our faith, to pray big. Well, you know, we're in the backyard of University of Florida, so we're big Tim Tebow fans. You know, when he prayed on the football field, uh, uh, people took shots at him. uh, But yet uh, now praying for a football player apparently is okay. Well, look, things are changing because there are people who the Lord is putting a divine assignment, I say, on their lives, including mine, to be unexpected messengers. Damar Hamlin. And, you know, the, the Lord, we always say he works in mysterious ways. Look at some old videos of Damar Hamlin. He's only 24, so when you go to YouTube, they're only like a year old. Look how much he talks about God openly, unapologetically, and then brings his players to their knees and his, I mean, he didn't force that to happen, Mm -hmm. but in his own faith walk and journey. And the nation then sees 
something that I've known for a long time. There's a lot of prayer in sports. Well, when I when I talk about the news media, I'm talking about the mainstream media, not necessarily Fox News. But if I think about the time from the time I was growing up to where I am now, and your most of your stories related to religion in any way were always negative. They were negative toward religion. There were there were bad priests that were doing bad things. So well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So people, I think that's one of the reasons why maybe people turned away. Maybe not their spiritual beliefs, but from the organization side of it. I think many were kind of turned off by that, and some may have turned completely away, which I always ask people, hey, uh, you know, give the Lord another chance, because he's sure willing to give you another uh, one. I love that. He'll meet you any season where you are. Faith still moves mountains. I mean, we need these testimonies to remind us that miracles are happening all around, and it's okay to have doubt. But for those of us who say we believe, if we have receipts to show that, that we can meet doubt, we should be using them. We should be showing them, and sometimes they're going to come from unexpected voices. It doesn't mean I can't do my job. I do it every day across two shows on Fox. They're both in the top ten of all of cable. The Lord blesses me with that hurt. Yeah. I, I, look, I, uh, look, I'm on the radio four hours a day, five days a week, been in this town for you know 21 years, and you have uh, to find a way uh, to re-energize, and uh, I would imagine faith still moves mountains would be something that people can read and it can energize them. I, I guess if you can define it to a couple of moments, what was the inspiration for writing this particular book? Look, they shut down the places of worship in most of our states during the, during the pandemic. The weed dispensaries were left open, and I'm not just talking about medical use. In my home state of New Jersey, across from Fox News headquarters, which is on the west side of New York, and all over this state, New York as well, where I'm sitting, you can get alcohol delivered to your doorstep. They're telling us, officially, what's most important in politics, elected leaders. I'm telling them that's not true, and the public knows it's not true, too. You need community. Now, can you pray without going to church? Of course you can. You should have a place and a time where you pray silently to listen to God every day. That's a wonderful habit to have before, during, and after the storms of life. I think it's a necessity. But when the physicality of shutting places of worship happens, they don't even trust us to go outside and pray together. You need community now more than ever against a world that would really rather we give up the spiritual fight. We're much easier to control if we don't believe in something greater than ourselves. Do you think it breaks down to something as simple as we're seeing the unfolding in a in a in a uh, a greater way that it is at the end of the day really good versus evil? A hundred percent. It's. I mean, anybody who thinks that the the devil is not picking up disciples is not paying attention. I, I've never seen crime the way it is. Something is moving people to do things that they have never done in our purview before. And you can say, well, social media shows it all. Look at those numbers in places like Chicago. I mean, it is a mass killing every 15, 20 minutes in that city. If you look statistically across the year, it's only mid-January and the carnage is heartbreaking. Now, I lift up Chicago. I lift up those areas that are struggling. In my prayers, we must pray for our country. We have helped other countries, struggling people around the world. We have fed more, fought for more, housed more people on this planet than any other country in the world. We are the light. We need to shine brightly and remind ourselves and others of who we are. 
Wow. I, um, I'm just taking it all in. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, our dialogue took this kind of direction. The, the idea was to allow you to talk about your new book, Faith Still Moves Mountains. It's but, all the same. Right? It's all together. Yeah. It's, it is that Faith Still Moves Mountains is that collection of faith testimonies, most of them contemporary. People who recognize that mom inside the Aurora, Colorado theater, maybe not by name, but they'll know that there were people there who did more than just run from the shooter, James Holmes, who was killing people as many as he could inside that Batman showing inside that theater. And this one mom that I write about with her two teenage, young teenage daughters was praying mightily during that. She survived. Her children survived by the hand of God. And we pray for those who did not make it out and their families. And we pray that their souls find peace, and and that the Lord's love and grace are shed upon them and their loss continuously. We know some of these stories, so it's all tied into the book. This is God's divine assignment. Go use your journalism now. And that's what I did. Is it too late to get a really good leader for the United States? It's never too late to do something great in the port. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, Harris Faulkner, lo- love the conversation. Fox News host, the Faulkner uh, Focus, also outnumbered, also an author. Faith Still Moves Mountains. Uh, thanks so much for the conversation. Uh, I love it. Absolutely. Thank you. You can get it anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Target, Walmart. Harris Faulkner on the Bob Rose Rewind. Stand by. Coming up next, Marion County Commissioner Carl Zalek. Can you say Bucky's and not smile? Details on that coming up next on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at 
shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy Saturday and welcome. The Bob Rose Rewind continues this time with Marion County Commissioner Carl Zalek and the idea that a Big old brand new Bucky's is coming to town. I'll ask him about that. And also, do you remember Molly? It's the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, Carl. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be in the presence of the Bob and Ed the Rose Show. <laughs> so, so I thought you for sure would bring us like some Bucky's tchotchkes. I oh mean, yeah, it's all about the Bucky's now in Mary County. It's all you hear about. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's like the horse capital of the world. They're like, what? No, it's where they're putting in a new Bucky's. I that's go, right. Well, yeah, it's just it's the same place. Go, yeah, I don't know anything about the horses, but I can't wait for Bucky's. Can't wait for Bucky's. It, no, it is yeah. really. Like, who would have thought, like, hey, someday there'll be a time when people get excited over a gigantic gas station. <laughs> right. Well, but yeah, here we are. When we were having the when we were having the public hearing on this uh, on Tuesday, it was it was great because, you know, people usually yell at us because there's too many car washes and, you know, gas stations that you can't do anything about because, you know, they're in a zoning classification. Then Bucky's comes. And uh, when you bring 120 plus gas station, uh, you know, areas and, 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 and a huge uh, convenience store and some of the best brisket around. Uh, you know, people love it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just one of those odd things that even people that normally are like, I don't want to get a station in my neighborhood. They go, oh, did you say Bucky's? Um, so is it a done deal or not? Because I thought it was. And then I said, well, here's a meeting. Well, this is one step forward. Well, here's I like, I thought it was done. Yeah, so, I mean, they've, they've uh, bought the property. Um, we've got the, we've talked to the real estate folks out there. And then what we had to do the other day was actually change the part of the zoning to allow them to be there. Um, there is uh, still an application to be submitted and some other fine tuning stuff. But um, at the end of the day, as, as Stan from Bucky's was talking to us about when, uh, as long as the interchange gets built, <laughs> right? Right. They'll be there. And the um, interchange you know. is definitely being built. Well, yeah. And FDOT has it on the schedule. The governor has given us, uh, um, you know, the, the, the finances needed. It takes a, a couple of years to get those things, projects done, but really cool that Bucks is coming. Yeah, do we have, have to cover yeah, that. Yeah, do yeah. we have a time frame on a possible opening date, anything even ballpark-ish? I don't, no, no, no. It'll, it'll, it definitely depends on the construction of the interchange. And Let me ask you, though. Let me keep it out. simple. Is it going to be before or after uh, President DeSantis is inaugurated? Um, I hope it's before. Okay. That would be awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. What? <laughs> hey, um, you've got a big youth fair coming. A youth, youth, youth fair. For the youth. For the uh, Southeastern Youth Fair. What's going on there? So February 3rd to the March 4th, of course, every year we have the Southeast Youth Fair at the Livestock Pavilion. Um, this fair will be the 83rd year uh, it has been here, and we're proud to uh, support and uh, congratulate the Southeastern Livestock Association, the Ocala CEP, and their partnership. That's our Chamber of Commerce. Um, and, of course, you know, the event provides this great opportunity for the youths 
to get out there and really show their animals and all the things that they've done. Kids use this as a tool to move through the agricultural field. And they make money learn, on it, don't they? they make they? money. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for these kids to really see how the industry works. Uh, I want to wish all of them good luck because we know how hard that is, and, and some of them work incredibly hard, and I can't wait to see who gets the buckle this year. Do they, do, does a, a local, uh, like the university or uh, a college of Central Florida, do they have any ties to this? Because I think Florida's got like one of the top ag programs in the nation. Oh, they do. They, and they're great. Um, and IFAS always supports us. We have, of course, our uh, our team that is there, part of the Master Gardeners and IFAS and, and all those things that are always working together. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely part of me. 4-H programming, all of those things play into the Southeastern Life Fair. People sometimes either don't know or they forget how large of a part ag uh, is in not just Huge. in Marion County in the community, but in the state of Florida. Yep, ag is a biggin, as yeah. we like to say. And it was great. We we talked to Cat. Um, actually, I know she was just on your show, and uh, we talked to oh, not that cat, not that cat, Congresswoman, <laughs> Congresswoman Cat Uh And she's actually on the ag committee uh, representing Florida. So uh, great Makes kudos to her, and we're mm-hmm. we're excited to have her on that, as well as many other things that she talked about. She came and visited us. Uh, she is really digging in as she talked to you a little bit about one of the things we're excited about is bringing broadband to more rural areas. She's on one of those subcommittees to make parts of those things happen and, and look what broadband is going to look I, well, like. I don't so like, the, I don't like the term broad. Yeah. Broad? You don't what, like are you broad? Fra- what are you, Frank Sinatra now? <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring a broad, bring some the broad bands around. Be respectful like Bob always is. Yeah, right. be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw something in there, but I won't because we're, we're going to move on. But okay, so making the broadband more available to everybody, that, uh, that sounds good. And I know she talked about fentanyl. She right. did, and 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 what did she say? Because she actually used a conversation with like Billy Woods and you folks there, and the overdoses and the and the narcotics that they they've captured. It's they have the markings of the cartel on them. There was some Democrat that was in front of a subcommittee trying to say that there's no connection between fentanyl and the open borders. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know she was having that conversation where she was actually able to show the picture. So it's it's great to see that. I've seen all the pictures of the evidence. Uh, you know, when I've used that in my state of the county last year, when I was going around talking to folks about the chairman. Uh, when I was the chairman and listen, there was enough fentanyl in some of those busts to kill everybody in the Marion County five or six times over. Right. I mean, that's how, that's how dangerous, you know, these people are and cat knows it and she's calling them out on it. And, uh, we, we, we're behind her, joining her, making sure that people know how dangerous these, these communities are and how it affects Florida. This open border crisis affects all of us. We've had over 70,000 deaths due to fentanyl poisoning uh, in the previous year, and then last year, probably more than that. And the cartels are so emboldened, they put their stamp on there. You know what I mean? Wow. Like like, like it's branding, you know? Exactly. And uh, and so you'd think if, if any other entity came into our country and killed 70,000 people, we would be going at them right. with a sense of purpose and focus. Well, you would think, right? Yeah. I mean... The, the amount of people they're killing is more than what we've lost in wars, right? More than what we lost in, in so many other areas, right? We talk about mass killings and mass shootings and all of these other it's things. It's nothing compared to that. And when you compare the numbers, unfortunately, right. it's it's a drop in the bucket. Can you imagine uh, what it would be if we actually took our uh, the energy and the concentration, as you're talking about, of the resources of the United States government and did something about this? You think we could freaking end it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think Kat's right about that. We have got to stop it. And uh, 
hopefully they'll be able to do more and more about that and hopefully in 2024 we'll have the right president to make that happen well you know what uh people there's good and bad and and uh but when it comes to animals i think uh almost everybody shares a universal love for for animals and pets and um there was a thing that happened a long time ago molly a pit bull mix uh back in 2014 was saved by uh, some folks in Marion County, by uh, animal control, and, and some veterinarians that stepped up. So what's the latest on Molly? Because as a result of that, they put in force Molly's law to stop people from right. abusing animals. And so let me just give you just a touch of background. Molly was beaten, stabbed several times, abused when Man- uh, when Marion County Animal Control stepped in, uh, and the veteran veterinarians and all those groups, as you talked about. But listen, Molly was one of the one of these worst abused animals you know, that we had ever seen. Mm. And she became legitimately the poster child for Molly's Law. This is a, a, a one-of-a-kind abuse registry that we have in Marion County that we're trying to spread to other places and across the state of Florida to, to put people that abuse animals, especially in this kind of way, uh, on a list so that they will never, ever be allowed to adopt, buy, or anything else of an animal in Marion County or hopefully at one point around the state of Florida. Unfortunately, after 15 years, Molly passed away. But that um, dog to live that many years after how abused it was is a miracle is, in itself. Absolutely. Well, that goes to the care and uh, Lily Barron and her team and all of these folks that came together to make that happen. Uh, we will continue to commemorate her life and her legacy, uh, making sure that we put this animal abuse registry and continue to make sure that, man, it's just she's going to be so sorely missed. Uh, it's going to be hard to not see her at all these events anymore. Marion County Commissioner Carl Zalek on the Bob Rose Rewind. Happy Saturday, my friends. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Uh, About a week ago, she was at the border. We'll tell you what she learned and what a very silly Democrat said. That's next on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Happy Saturday. It's going to be another gorgeous one. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind. As we talk to Congresswoman Kat Kamek, came back from the border about a week ago. Fentanyl and what a Democrat said. you got to hear this. Listen up. The Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Good morning, Kat. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, fellas? Fantastic. Happy birthday and happy anniversary. We missed those, but uh, there you go. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. I still feel uh, quite old. <laughs> uh, well, you you work hard in Washington. I think can wear you down, but you you keep fighting and you keep working. And I know you were at the border recently, and and yeah. um, uh, I, I know there's been overdoses in areas all over the nation. But I know you focused a little bit on maybe some of the Marion County numbers, and then you have a story about a Democrat who is standing nearby. Tell us that. Oh yeah. So uh, we were uh, at the border last week to host the very first hearing uh, of the 118th Congress. The Energy and Commerce Committee was the very first committee to do that. And uh, we were focusing on the fentanyl, the impacts of the open border across the country. And um, 
the Democrat witness, Rochelle Garza, she actually had the nerve to stand there and say, under oath, I don't understand why we're here at the border. I don't understand why we uh, are talking about fentanyl. There's no connection to fentanyl on the open borders. Uh, went on to essentially defend the cartels. It was some of the most asinine commentary and testimony I've ever heard in any congressional hearing. And, of course, we shut that down immediately because what she didn't know is I was texting Marion County Sheriff Billy Wood throughout that hearing as well as Texas DPS agents and getting real-time data and updated uh, statistics. And I happened to have a photo of one of the bricks of fentanyl that Billy Woods and his team uh, found in a recent drug bust. And I said, you want to know what the connection is, Ms. Garza? It's this. This brick of fentanyl that has a stamp of a border cartel on it that is 958 grams. That's enough to kill every man, woman, and child in Marion County. And she went on to say that, you know, the, the Operation Lone Star in Texas, which is really the only uh, mission right now that is stopping any, any kind of illegal trafficking of narcotics or people, she said that that was a waste of money. And I, I had to ask her, so what's the price of a life? Because to date, they have stopped 361 million lethal doses from entering our community. And she couldn't answer. In fact, she got pretty snippy with me and uh, went on to have a press conference uh, attacking me for making her look bad. But that's insane. Anyone today, no matter where you are in America, you know that the open border is impacting your community in one way or another, whether it's through the opioid epidemic, through the strain on social services, whether it is through the national security elements of the terrorists on the international watch list that are coming across the border. We are all feeling the impacts of the open borders. I can't imagine somebody giving testimony saying they don't see the connection between fentanyl and the open borders. I mean, that that just seems like utterly bizarre. I mean, was there like a gasp in the room where people like, how could they react, you know, and keep themselves calm when they would hear such ridiculous stuff coming out of her mouth? I mean, that's that's kind of the the, the absurdity of it all. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there listening to her. And you only have five minutes to question these witnesses. And, uh, of course, she played the, the race card. She called Border Patrol agents racist, which is really interesting, considering over 80 percent of them are uh, Hispanic Americans. Right. Um, it, it's, it's just really interesting to me how the Dems continue to deny and deflect the open border crisis that we're facing. And now, as a direct result of that uh, lack of attention, we're seeing all of our borders now under assault. In Florida, we're seeing historic numbers of illegals coming up through the Keys. We've had to shut down the national parks. They're redirecting Border Patrol agents from Tucson and Texas to Florida because it has gotten that bad. I think it's going to get far worse before it gets better, which is all the more reason why we've got to win the White House in 24. Is there anything to update on another uh, committee or subcommittee that you serve on the Biden administration's weaponization of the federal government? Where are we at on that? You know, there's just so many elements to this whole thing, and, and we're going to be back in Washington next week. Uh, Jim and the team, Jim Jordan and the team, we've all been talking about where we go with this next. We've got dozens of rank-and-file FBI agents coming forward as whistleblowers, really um, sharing some of the nitty-gritty details of what's been happening. Things like the, the Washington, D.C. office sending down political Uh, directives to the field offices of what to investigate, what not to investigate, how to investigate. This is far more than just a culture change. It is 
they want to drive a political agenda at the expense of so many of these critical investigations. Then, of course, you look at the FISA abuses, these warrantless um, abuses on collection of our data, our personal data. And I think Americans would be shocked and appalled if they knew how much of their personal information, healthcare-wise, uh, financial, et cetera, is being collected without their knowledge, used, and then sold for a profit without their knowledge. And the federal government is 100% complicit in that. In fact, the government is buying personal data from these brokerages that has been warrantlessly collected and then used against us. And then, of course, you have the physical weaponization of these agencies, Department of Education, HHS. Uh, why do they need $360 million worth of ammunition? Why do they need tactical gear? Why does the IRS need to have agents that uh, are told to use deadly force if necessary? This is absolutely wild. So we have a lot of different directions we've got to go. Um, it's going to be a pretty busy two years of getting to the bottom of this. And I think that there's a lot out there that we just don't even know yet. You don't know what you don't know. And so our investigations are going to lead us down into several different areas. And the great thing about this committee is that we not only have subpoena power, uh, but we have the jurisdiction to take these issues where we need to go. So be it. You know, I, 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 I just feel like as the if I take on the role of the average citizen, I sometimes feel like the fix is in. We're we're, we're like doomed. That uh, they, uh, the bad guys, if I can label them that way, they just have too many assets, resources, and things mm-hmm. on their side, like the lefty media, and in many cases, like the banking industry and and things like that, and now collecting data, social media uh, networks, and all that on their side. It is going to be an uphill fight. I mean, are we going to be able to overcome this? Absolutely. I, you know, I, call me the eternal optimist, but. I mean, you you have folks on the left that are starting to kind of perk up and say, you know, this is a little dangerous where we're headed. Uh, thank goodness Elon, you know, purchased Twitter and is uncovering that debacle where you have collusion of big government, where they're saying, uh, you know, the CDC and the NIH director is saying we need a quick and devastating takedown of dissenting opinions on COVID mandates. Saying that to Twitter executives and then the administration backing that up, saying. Twitter, you need to you need to silence and deplatform these people. That is going to stop. And when you start getting into this warrantless data collection, you start to see even those on the left that are saying, "Hmm, I don't know if I like that," because I'm not talking about the Democrats today. These new age, very liberal, progressive. I'm talking about your old school mm-hmm. um, Democrats that were saying, "You know, that's a little scary. That's a little bit too much into our personal lives." And so. That's why getting back to the constitutional basics is so critically important. This Select Committee on Government Weaponization is so critically important because we are now seeing that counterintelligence, counterterrorism effort that has been focused abroad for so many years. It's now been turned inward on American citizens. And we can secure the border. We can cut spend, uh, you know, all, all the funding for all these wild programs. But until we restore the trust and faith and accountability of government, the American people will forever be distrustful of the government that is supposed to serve them. So we have a lot of things to do in restoring that balance. We've seen the double standard, the Hillary Clintons, the Fauci's uh, of the world that live by a double set of standards. That's what we've got to stop. The hypocrisy has got to end. And people have a right, uh, are rightfully distrustful of government. 
we want to make sure that we actually hold people accountable and there's consequences for these type of behavior. Well, unfortunately, the example of East Palestine, Ohio, is awful. This is one of the worst environmental disasters that we've ever seen. And the total lack of inaction by the federal authorities, it's unbelievable. And these are a bunch of poor, white, uh, working folks, and uh, they are just being totally mistreated. Well, you know, Bob, maybe if we could get Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, down to East Palestine, maybe Biden would show up. Heck, I think everybody would be there showing up from the administration if they were waving Ukrainian flags. It's absolutely ridiculous, infuriating that as we're experiencing that situation and multiple train derailments around the country, he's in Kiev. Absolutely disgusting. And 21 days that it takes for our our Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, to get there. What was he on paternity leave again? No, he's on his bicycle. Oh, oh, he, oh, that's right. He's riding his bicycle up there. Pothole, Pothole Pete is pedaling furiously as we speak. <laughs> well, it, it, it's pretty sad, uh, but it's so sad you almost have to laugh. Uh. Congresswoman Kat Kamek on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks for tuning in and don't go away. Coming up next, he's running for the vacant seat, District 24. Ryan Chamberlain joins us on the Bob Rose Rewind next on 97.3 The Sky. Well, good morning. Happy Saturday. The Bob Rose Rewind continues this time with Ryan Chamberlain. He is running for District 24, non-establishment versus experience. We'll let him explain right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3, The Sky. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing? Good morning, Bob. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's our pleasure. Special election coming up March 7th to fill the vacancy. This is District 24. And a lot of issues facing that district, like the rest of the state. One of the big things uh, we were just uh, touching on real quick before we went on the air was affordable housing and what that means and how to really address it versus, you know, the Biden administration with this big push for this equity. And uh, they're trying to make it affordable in a different way. How are you going to address it, Ryan? Well, Bob, you know, the Biden administration certainly seems to be trying to get involved in, in a bad way in everything in these type of topics. Thank God for Governor DeSantis. Thank God for the great state of Florida. And when we look at housing crisis, for example, and one thing I'll say about our campaign, we have been out. We've been out in the field. We've met with over 10,000 10, voter homes, um, and we've had conversations with them, and they're frustrated. And a lot of them are dealing with this housing increase in pricing. And, a, and it boils down to a few things here in Florida that we're working on right now. One is, I think everybody knows their property taxes just keep going up, way up. And the property insurance issues keep going way up. There's so much fraud in South Florida that just kind of gets blanketed across. We're dealing with that across the whole state, causing these numbers to rise. These are things I know they're working on, but we've got to aggressively work on it. That's one of the things I'll, I'll jump in, because I think it has an immediate impact on the citizens here. Absolutely. I, yeah. And I, the legislature is working on it. We've, we've talked to several guests about that topic. But yes, I would like to see it be dealt with in a, a more aggressive way. Yeah. It's like 70% of all the federal cases are actually come from here in Florida. I mean, so the crisis really kind of begins and almost ends here in the state. So yeah, that's something that needs to be addressed. What, what about um, um, the idea of, of health care? And, uh, and how would you address that? We see the costs continue to rise. 
Well, a lot of it's the same issues. We're, we're dealing with too many lawsuits, uh, too many legal loopholes that are now being tightened up. It just takes some time. It's got to be more aggressively tightened up. And we got to look at where some of these healthcare agencies, you know, who who they're who they've been working with for years and years and years to get legislation passed that is just in their benefit, not the benefit of the consumer. So we're in the process of unwinding that. We need really Ron DeSantis, conservative type people elected. And we're excited to uh, serve Marion County and, and the state of Florida in this capacity. Look, I've looked at your uh, your background, and, and I've known you for a little bit. I know you to some extent. And I tell you, you know, you've got a conservative background. You started the uh, True Patriot Network fighting against, uh, you know, the whole idea of big tech and their whole woke uh, malarkey. And uh, and you've been involved at that level. And, you're, you know, you've gotten the support of uh, Ted Yoho and, and many others. So I guess my question here is, District 24 is conservative, a conservative district. Look, you're a Second Amendment guy, get an A rating from the NRA. Um, what's, I guess, what's the real differentiation between you and some of the other folks that are running? Because it seems like there's some decent people in this race. What's the big difference between you and, say, another good conservative? Well, first of all, I'll address that last part. There are some good people running the race. I consider myself a non-establishment kind of guy. Going up against the establishment, some of the things that have been brought up against me in this particular race would be things like, hey, I'm too conservative. I'm too, too much uh, wanting to head in that, the direction that we know Ron DeSantis and uh, that group is head, in, heading. Let me tell you a quick story that, that causes me to really even want to run more now that I've gone through the last, this last campaign cycle. I was at a home visiting. We were, we were passing out information and meeting, meeting some of these homeowners in our county. And I met this young lady named Angie. Angie had two little kids running and playing in the yard. Everybody looked happy. And she told me she'd only been here for a few months. And she was very excited about being able to vote in Florida for the first time because she had just escaped California. Mm. She had just escaped California. And the word escaped caught me off guard a little bit because you don't think about escaping from within the United States to another part of the United States. I know we hear about it, but here I am speaking with someone that actually feels like they escape. And when you see the attacks that are coming onto Florida, when you see the wokeism that's trying to make its way into Florida, you can't help but think we've got to get rid of this right now. We can't even let it get in an inch. And I believe I'm going to, you know, you look at my track record, you research what we're doing, what we're a part of, the fact, the way that we've been fighting within the conservative movement. And I do believe I will fight harder than anyone else in this race to keep Florida, the great state of Florida that it is, and set the example. Florida's a beacon for the rest of the country. We want other states to follow suit. I can't argue with that. Um, I agree. And I guess one of the arguments that may be made is, okay, so you're non-establishment, which... That can very well be a good thing. Uh, Donald Trump was a not establishment, and I think he got a lot of things done. Uh, but we're dealing with Tallahassee, the way things roll there. Would it be advantageous to have somebody that has previous experience so they kind of know how the system works? Or do you think, as a non-establishment guy, you can have a real impact starting on day one? Well, the way I would answer that is this. The, the particular problems we're dealing with now that we're wanting to unwind were all created by the people with experience. And so when I think of experience, there's things that I don't have experience in. I don't have experience in owing people favors. I don't have an ex- experience in getting myself in situations where I have to compromise my values. And I'm bringing this fresh approach uh, to Tallahassee. So I don't believe that kind of experience, political insider experience, is what we need right now. Maybe we've never needed it. 
It certainly has cost this country, the people with experience have cost us trillions of dollars. The people with experience won't even help East Palestine. I'm hearing that's talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. So when you, And that's a broader idea, but that does happen even in Tallahassee. So, you know, I'm excited about serving. I'm excited about taking what I have learned about getting things done. And let's go make, let's go continue this momentum in Florida. Uh, you talk about a lot of these things, just stop illegal immigration, protect our constitutional rights. Then you also mentioned fighting Joe Biden's inflation, which I think we'll all agree inflation's not a good thing uh, for consumers. What can you do, though, at the state level, if you're a representative for uh, State District 24, what can you do to help people dealing with the inflation, the rise in prices and all of that, and to diminish our paychecks worth less now? Well, one thing we can say no to on a state level is trying to necessarily do biz- unnecessary business with the federal government. Uh, the amount of money that we would accept from the federal government. And one thing I like about Ron DeSantis is, and even Governor Scott, you know, a previous governor, didn't want to do deals with the federal government that would create leverage between the two. So we want to keep ourselves, uh, Florida being able to make decisions the way we need to make decisions, that alone if you look at our economy, why is it doing so much better than everyone else? Despite we dealt, we went through COVID and we we dealt with the same issues the last three years. It's because we've maintained that independence. We've kept ourselves at at bay, and let's keep the government out of the federal government out of the state as much as possible. That's something we can do on a state level. Uh, and you mentioned this earlier about, about property taxes having to do with affordability. How do we? Um, try to strike a balance between knowing that more and more people are living here, there's going to be more demand on services and all that, and yet still trying to keep our property taxes relatively low. What would you offer as kind of a solution to try to make that happen? Well, there's a couple things I when I think of property taxes. Number one, property taxes in general, that topic just kind of is one of those things that drives conservatives crazy. The idea that a 70-year-old individual in Florida has been paying for their home for 40 or 50 years, and now they have to pay the government rent just to keep their property. You know, so In other I, words, you never really own it. You never really own it. I'm not a fan of that. The other thing that I have liked what has, has come out of the Florida uh, legislature government with, with Ron DeSantis is he, he's found 20 to $27 billion in surplus of tax money that was probably being abused we need to really evaluate and continue to find these billions that we can help lower these these property tax values immediately to help. Last question, maybe out of left field. Uh, this has been talked about before. Would you uh, po- entertain, entertain the possibility of, say, a one-cent sales tax or two-cents sales tax and eliminate property taxes for individuals? I would look at that scenario. What you just said, I would absolutely look at that. Anything we can do to lower the net tax value to lower it, I would absolutely look at that and consider it. Candidate Ryan Chamberlain on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks to all my guests, including Congresswoman Kat Kamek, Commissioner Carl Zalek, and Harris Faulkner from Fox News, all joining us on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting what we do, and I invite you to tune in Monday morning, starting at 6 a.m. for the Bob Rose Show, along with Greg Cassidy, right here on 97.3 The Sky. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.